bit like me, you probably have a closet full of local band merch. And whether you know it or not, a lot of that band merch was probably made by Divine Shirt Company right here in Winnipeg. Divine Shirt Company has made all of the Great Witch Police merch from our hoodies to our toques to our t-shirts. And if you're looking to get anything done, like screen printing, embroidery, graphic design, digital printing, go to see Divine Shirt Company at divineshirtcompany.ca and tell them which police radio sent you. One of our colleagues, Sam Thompson, who, um, if you saw him, you'd sort of right away assume he was a hippie. Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? All right, welcome to Which Police Radio. I'm here again, uh... This is kind of a makeup episode. We've had to reschedule it a couple times, but I'm glad I'm glad it's working out because it's with um, well, you know, they're going to introduce themselves in a minute, but uh, I think that this one is going to be interesting because there is a certain topic associated with this music that I know absolutely nothing about, <laughs> and it's like a very strong uh, part of what's going on here. So uh, I'm looking forward to this one because it's it's definitely taking me out of my comfort zone. But before we even get that get into that, I think the easiest way to uh, start this off is if the three of you want to introduce yourself and then maybe give a bit of background about the group. And and what it is you do in the group so people can put a name to the voice. For sure. My name is Scott Willett. Uh, some people might know me as Skitty Popes. Um, we started Cheap Heat a few years ago because of my love of pro wrestling. I play guitar and sing in the band and write pretty much all the songs except the covers that we do. Right. Uh, I'm Mark. I play Mark Lenevieu. I play drums in the band. Don't really know what else to say other than that. <laughs> cool, cool. You play drums, sorry. My name's Steven Turknowitz. I play the bass in Cheap Heat. And uh, <clears throat> Cheap Heat kind of started, uh, we were already playing in a band together called Crater Face. That's semi-active right now, but sort of on a hiatus. But um, yeah, we do a couple projects together. We all went to high school and junior high together. So we've all known each other a pretty long time. And, uh, yeah, that's the short and skinny of it. Cool, cool. Well, I, I mean, if you didn't guess, the wrestling thing is is, is something that I'm really, really... I, I just, before we talk much about your band, like, my, my, my experience with pro wrestling has been that when I was, like, 10 years old, we had those... Uh, rubber reaction figures you know with the ring and everything and that that and like playing a couple video games on the original Nintendo that was it and then after that I was like okay I'm done with this move on to something else and for the longest time I didn't realize that people my age or in my peer group or whatever were even still into it I thought it was this thing that we did when we were kids and then it was gone but then over the past like 15 years or so I've noticed that not only are people I know into wrestling but they're like really into wrestling and there's this whole kind of almost punk rock like DIY-ness to it and there's a local scene and all that stuff I had no idea about so I mean I'm coming into your music um I get it from the musical side of things but the wrestling stuff is just way over my head so um I guess maybe that's a place to start like what what is it about pro wrestling that that made you want to write songs about pro wrestling like what is Um, the appeal for you I guess well actually I was the same I was I loved it as a kid. I was probably a little more into it than you were. Me and my brothers used to do the whole backyard wrestling thing yeah, yeah. and everything. 
And uh, same thing, fell out of it when I got to a certain age and didn't really pay attention or care about it for a long time. And probably about 2015, I came back to it, started watching the old clips of the 90s stuff that I grew up with, and then kind of got into the modern stuff and the indie wrestling and Japanese wrestling and then the local guys that are doing awesome shows yeah. all the time, you know, and uh, yeah, it just kind of blossomed from there and I became kind of an obsession that uh, it's easy to write songs about. So it's <laughs> Well, it's very dramatic, right? I mean, there's a lot, I guess there's a lot of uh, storylines and things you can, you can reference uh, in a song for, for sure. sure. Yeah. Yeah, all kinds of match types and rivalries and stuff that I can easily write dumb little songs about. <laughs> Am I right in assuming that there's almost like a punk rock DIY element to it, especially locally, though? It seems like that the way everything's being kind of promoted and organized. I mean, there's there's I've even seen some uh, wrestling events where there's like a hardcore band playing between matches and stuff like it seems like it's very intertwined with the punk scene in a way that I never realized. For sure, a lot of the guys that are running uh, some of the local promotions like Winnipeg Pro Wrestling and, you know, that kind of thing, like our people that have been involved in the music scene and, you know, so uh, it is kind of has a similar feeling to, you know, going to a punk show. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I've always intended to to go check it out in person because it, the, the local stuff anyway, because it does seem like it has that vibe to it. And it's, it's, it's yeah, just a, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I bet. I bet. What about the other guys? Are are you both wrestling fans as well? For me, um, my mom had a big crush on The Rock. So that, <laughs> the Stone Cold Rock, she rented every pay-per-view. So they say WrestleMania 17 is kind of like the one where it's Rock versus Stone Cold. And I have a very vivid memory of watching that as a kid. And I'd watch it every Thursday night with her as a kid. But again, I also fell out of it. And then just getting older, um, it was fun to go back and watch that corny Jerry Springer-esque era. And, you know, I went through it again. And uh, I think as far as the, like, the content, like the lyrical content of the band, <laughs> it's, it's that good guy versus bad guy thing. And there's so many terms that... Like, there's a few songs that are, like, kind of breakup relationship songs, but all the terms are in wrestling, and it's just, like, a fun little, like, tongue-in-cheek thing that's, like Scott said, it's easy to write these dumb little songs, right? Well, like, the song Fight Forever is, uh, really, all the lyrics are just taken from different chants that fans do at wrestling shows, but when you put them together, it's almost a beautiful love song, you know? (laughs) It's, uh, it's interesting. (laughs) I'm not 
well, and then um, the the, fan, the fans are another thing too because I I I've had the opportunity to see like. WWE, I think it was WWF still, I'm not even sure, but I, I was working uh, for a newspaper in Verdun, Manitoba, and a friend of mine was working for the TV station in Brandon, and he got free tickets through the, the TV thing to go see the wrestling that was happening in Brandon, and because I didn't know what was going on or who any of the characters were or whatever, I found the show a little boring, but the crowd was amazing, like, watching the people with the signs and the shit they were yelling and stuff, and it was, like, that whole element of it, it, it kind of made me realize, I think, that, um, like, the corniness aspect of it that I thought was maybe wasn't cool anymore that's p- people like lean right into that right like that's yeah. almost part of the appeal is that it's this cheesy thing that uh, and uh, it seems like people are embracing that and that kind of goes with the whole everything that comes comes with it mm-hmm. yeah totally it's like uh, when people have the Rocky Horror Picture Show or the room showings it's like you're all in on the joke like you it's, it's fun to just lean into it like I went a couple years ago to WWE and I wrote uh, a sign that said Vince supports eugenics saying that all the wrestlers were grown (laughs) in labs and these people are freaks and shut down the laboratories and it was just fun to go out and be silly you know yeah well I'm like nobody actually thinks Chris Jericho is a cool guy (laughs) but he's entertaining to watch you know (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's it's the more I learn about it, the more I realize that maybe I missed out on on like a few decades of this whole uh, this whole subculture because it 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 seems more like I thought it was lame when I was a teenager, but uh, I think that it was supposed to be like that was kind of the kind of the idea. Um, as far as I mean, like the, on the music side of things, though, I hate asking everyone this question because everyone hates answering it. But it's you know. How do you define what it is? Because obviously punk rock is there as an influence. There's some power pop sounding stuff. Um, what do you call it? If someone hears you're in a band, obviously the wrestling thing is a big part of the identity, but how do you sort of define the sound? I usually say power pop. It's kind of a good kind of catch all to describe the energy of the music and uh, kind of the bands we're influenced by and that sort of thing. Who would some of those influences be? Like, are there influences that, the th- that all of you agree on? Um, the, the first tape we put out was definitely heavily influenced by bands like Liquids and Coneheads and some of those like janky sounding punk bands. And, uh, the new one is a little more rock and roll, a little straightforward kind of classic rock riffs in there, you know, but it's still got the speed to it and it's still got that kind of bouncy, uh, vibe, right? For sure. Yeah. When did that come out? That, that new one's very recent, right? Yeah, it just came out on the 16th, which is actually the anniversary of uh, Mick Foley losing his ear in Germany. <laughs> okay, see, like, that's something that I don't, I, I don't know the story behind that. It sounds awesome, but, like, is that a real <laughs> thing that happened, or, or is that, like, a... Yeah, he was in a match with uh, Big Van Vader in Germany, and he uh, did a spot where he kind of wraps his head up in the ropes, but the ropes were a little too tight, so when he tried to pull his head out, his ear came with the ropes. Like the whole ear? <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's still got a bit of something there. There's, you can find pictures online, I'm sure. <laughs> I may have to look this up afterwards, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but having, having, I mean, having wrestling as a theme, do people expect that you're going to be putting on a show, when you, if you're performing live, that is going to have some of that theatricality to it? Or can you just be um, a, a punk band, basically playing the song straight up? So far, we've pretty much just been a punk band playing our songs. Um, in the very early days of the band, that was kind of my idea was to, you know, have someone attack me with the chair on stage or something, but it just 
never found that person that I trusted to <laughs> actually do that, you know? So it's, uh, it's something that we might, you know, put on a little more of a stage show in the future, but for now it's kind of just go play our music, you know? Yeah. What, what has, uh, this is not the question I hate asking because we're, everybody's sick of talking about it, but what has the past two years been like for you as a band? Because, you know, obviously everyone's been affected in one way or another by just not necessarily being able to be in the same room, uh, whether that means not being able to rehearse or, or especially not play shows and, and record and things like that. How is it, how, how have you guys dealt with that? Um, just this weirdness we're all in. It's been pretty tough. Um, I feel like I've been writing a lot. I've been feeling very creative. So uh, we do have a ton of material that we can now, now that we can get together, work out a little more and start, you know, recording and releasing more things. But uh, yeah, not playing any shows and, you know, periods of not being able to even get together to practice or anything like that has definitely been uh, a tough situation. But, uh, you know, we, we got a record done, so that <laughs> that worked out. Was that done during the pandemic, the record, or was it, had you already uh, finished it beforehand? Um, it was, I think, written beforehand. Um, but I think, yeah, we probably recorded it. I think maybe we did the drums a little bit before, but uh, yeah, it was mostly through the pandemic that we got everything done. And that's obviously going to be different from how you recorded the previous tape, right? So was that difficult to just, I mean, time it right, I guess, even so you can, you could actually record and, and, and do it the way you wanted to. Yeah. Well, it, like, you know, everyone, uh, with figuring out work and if we were going to work or not, and if we were legally allowed to even be in the same room and that kind of thing, it was, uh, could be difficult to work things out. There are definitely periods where we weren't able to be productive in any way, but uh, yeah, we've found a way to, you know, find time to get together and get some stuff done. So happy with what we accomplished. Cool. And then as far as, I mean, like you're releasing, I, I know the pandemic seems to be, well, things are opening up, shows are happening, people are able to, you know, go out and be together and everything again, at least for now. Um, what has it been like to sort of release an album or an EP, I guess, during a time when you can't 
promote it or, or get it out to people in the way you necessarily would have done traditionally. I mean, like, I know you're at the end of this and you're, you're releasing it and maybe you can play a show to, to, to sort of celebrate the release, but things are still very kind of touch and go. And, you know, obviously it's not as easy as it would have been even a couple of years ago to say, here's the album, here's how we're putting it out to the world, right? For sure, yeah. Well, and uh, I, we did just start up our own little label to do a release. We've been doing kind of self-releases for the past couple of years and decided to sort of make it official. So that's kind of, you know, where we're at now, trying to actually do it properly. Now that things are opening up again and everything, we, uh, we're going to do a short run of cassettes and uh, possibly do a little release show for that. Um, nothing planned as of yet, but it's uh, hopefully going to be coming down in the near future. And then uh, hopefully from there we can, you know, eventually get an actual seven inch pressed and maybe go out on the road to support it. If that's a possibility, you know? Yeah. It's still up in the air, I guess. Right. For, for a lot of reasons. For sure that's uh rope break records right that's the, that's the label so is that intended just to release your stuff or are you hoping to actually you know be putting out more people's uh music or more projects that, that maybe you guys are involved in for the time being i have probably about five different projects under my own belt that i am planning on releasing through the label um so that's kind of the focus for now and i would like to do that to kind of learn the ropes of uh you know how to do proper press releases and actually get eyes on it and, you know, see if I can do it with my own thing before I bring in another band to trust me to do that for them, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, and I, I think that that's a thing that sort of everyone is dealing with at this era in, in, in the way music is, is being distributed and, and listened to is that you can't, you can't just be creative now, right? You can't just make the music. You have to actually be uh, your manager and your own publicist and you have to figure out all these all of these kind of other aspects of it that, you know, even a decade ago may not have been the case. Uh, or at least you could have found someone who could do it for you. <laughs> and now it's expected. So, I mean... How have you guys dealt with that side of things where you kind of have to, you know, not only make the music, but you have to get yourselves out there and, and put your name out there and, and, and sort of direct people to it? Because, I mean, yes, you're a wrestling theme band, and I'm sure there's not that many of those kind of in the overall uh, punk rock, power pop, whatever you want to call it, um, sphere. But, I mean, there's 10,000 bands starting every weekend, and they're all on Bandcamp, and like the idea of making yourselves heard above and beyond all the other ones and even getting it to the right ears. Like how have you sort of dealt with that so far? Um, I feel like early on we uh, just got on a lot of good shows. We opened up for a lot of good acts like Mark Salton and Tommy and the commies and the Mark men and that kind of thing. So that got a lot of eyes on us, you know, but since then with the pandemic and not playing and not doing much, you know, like, we uh put this new release out and it's you know it's got a little traction but it's um it's tough to you know get people hearing it when we're not out there playing or out on the road touring you know to actually get some hype around it yeah yeah well and and then with this new release too i know you mentioned earlier that um you know it has more of a kind of rock and roll um riffs sort of vibe to it but uh, and this is maybe a question for the other guys too because i i don't want to just have you know scott monopolizing the <laughs> conversation here but what do you think is sort of the main um main differences from people who've heard your older stuff uh how would you sort of define uh the way that this this new release has kind of changed and how the sound has progressed 
I think like generally we put a little bit more time into it and how it sounded and stuff like that and kind of like layered up uh, different things in the recording process. And, you know, I think the first one was kind of like, we put a lot of time into that too, obviously, but it was done as a pretty basic, like demo kind of straightforward punk sound. And yeah, that would be my two cents into it anyways. Cool. Um, definitely the first tape was a little more just straightforward punk and, uh, pretty much what Mark said, this one's a lot slower and mid tempo and power poppy, which I've really enjoyed because all the bands I played in have been heavier one way or another. And I had that, uh, that craving to play something a little more melodic, like, um, you know, I love, I still love playing, I think the, my favorite song is just fight forever like the first one scott showed us i still just like his little phone recording better than any of the takes of it just just him and the guitar sounds great the voice memos are always the best yeah it's it's, 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 i guess a pure way to hear the song right it's without any any trappings or any uh any overdubs or whatever yeah for sure for sure do you um are those changes to like you know going more in that 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 power pop route is that something that happened organically or is it a deliberate decision on on the band's part to sort of shift the sound um i think it was a little bit of a deliberate decision i tend to write like what i'm listening to at the time a lot so i um i was listening to a lot more things like kind of king tough and warm soda and bands that are kind of a little more classic rock and roll feeling to them or whatever and i think that just kind of influenced my songwriting at the time and it just just happened that way do these songs i i know i know i mean because again you haven't been able to play shows and and this is a new release and everything but these are obviously songs you'd written a while back uh you know and they're finally getting them out to people's ears now do they feel old at all to you do you feel like these are still fresh and, and still sort of the direction you want to go with the band or has that sort of shifted um over the two years or so of the pandemic uh they feel pretty old we yeah. already have another uh an entire ep written that we're uh, ready to go so we've just been kind of working on those songs for the most part so it's uh yeah it's going to be interesting to kind of go back to these songs once we're going to be playing live and everything again but they're new to listeners, though, right? I mean, like people are uh, are gonna. It's gonna be a first time for, for them, at least, even if it's uh, old stuff for you. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Is there um, just to go back to the wrestling thing uh, for a minute? Is there? Do you have any concerns that people are gonna not take it seriously because of that subject matter, or does that even matter? Like, does, is is that even a, an issue? Not really. I don't take myself very seriously, <laughs> so <laughs> I don't think it's that big of a deal. It's just, uh, especially I do have, you know, lots of projects coming, like I said, and uh, some of those are a little more of my personal writing that, you know, is a little more serious to me. So that's, Cheap Heat is mostly fun, you know, so I don't really, I don't really mind if people don't take us very seriously or not. Well, and like you said before at the beginning too, like that you can use the wrestling stuff as metaphor, and you can use the the wrestling language and everything to to represent other things. So that 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 makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
If someone has not heard you before and they're they're hearing this for the first time and want to check you out, what's the best way to, I mean, listen to your music first of all, and then sort of find out what you're up to as far as potential shows in the future and things like that? Um, we're on Spotify and Apple Music and all the streaming services, iTunes and everything. Uh, you can also check out our Bandcamp if you actually want to give us some money to get the MP3s. Um, we're on Instagram and Facebook under Rope Break Records, uh, Twitter, Rope Break WPG. And uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much everywhere you can find us. And then you said this is going to probably come out on tape at some point? Yeah, we're going to do a run of 50 cassettes right away. We uh, don't have uh, a release party booked or anything, but that is the plan sometime in the near future. Cool. And that was, I guess, the plan with the first one too. The first one was a tape as well? Yeah, yeah. We should have a couple of those left i think that was my <laughs> next question is yeah yeah if someone wants to get a copy of the uh the previous record is it just contact you guys basically or what's the yeah, best way for to... sure cool yeah you can contact us on any of our social media or even through Bandcamp, and we can uh get you, get a tape to you awesome 